This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. in the toy section than the kid who hangs the figures from the pegs. Your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, I think it's going to get a lot less weak. We're going we're gonna to start off and talk about the... Uh, the fires and the aftermath. So it's like, you know, six months later living in a, uh, what is essentially a disaster zone. We're going to talk about a movie that I saw, a movie known as Deadpool, a movie that hopefully a lot of you guys, a lot of you guys saw. We're going to talk about some comics I bought, some, I don't know, man, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and, uh, let me see. Let's, um, let's hit this little break right here, and then we will get started. Sorry, I should have this. I should have it queued up, but I never do, but here we go. Giddy up. Giddy up again. Giddy up. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report. The greatest podcast in the world. My throat's sore. I've had a sore throat for a month and a half. And this is not an acoustic environment that's suitable to request this from me. You know what though? Both that is true. Allergy season is in. It's in full effect. It's all it's all tree pollen, from what I understand. I'm, I'm I'm stuffed up. My throat my throat is dry. My throat is sore. But whatever, dude. It's it's what you come to expect when you live in the uh, when you live in the great state of California. And another thing that you come to expect when you live in the the great state of California is is wildfires. And as many of you as many of you may remember, maybe like six, seven months back, we had like, we had a Titanic fire here in, in good old Sonoma County, and we were, we made it through unscathed, but um, many people didn't, and the uh, the city of Santa Rosa and the, the county of Sonoma overall are still in, we're still in recovery mode. We're actually like in the early, early stages of recovery mode, and over, you know, the months, some of you guys have been nice enough to, like, reach out and ask me just, you know, how things are going, and I got, I got a couple messages on Facebook the other week. I don't know, I don't know what it was that, that prompted the, the upswing, but I got a, I got a few the other week, and I decided, well, maybe I should, maybe I should just go on the show and do, uh, do a few minutes just sort of, like, giving you guys an update on what's been, what's been going on here after, after seven months in full recovery mode, the, the, the season is about, it's about to start again, we have a, like, massively long fire season, mostly we've been having droughts here in California, and we, we just haven't recovered, and it had been such a long time since there had been a fire here in Sonoma County that, in a lot of ways, people had been slipping in their fire preparedness, you know, there was there was massive brush overgrowth and just things like that. And I don't think we'll be making these mistakes as much in the future. But at the time, these mistakes were made. These careless, careless things were were going on. And then when we had the the massive windstorm one night, which many believe knocked over a knocked over a power pole and started the fire. And then the wind the wind created like a like a horrific fire tornado. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm going over all this again. It helps to get it out, I guess. Uh, anywho, people have been asking, and I think about the fire at least at least every single day because I take the 
I take my beast, my dog, out for a walk every day, and we pass by, we pass by Oak Park, the swim club that we used to go to, and Oak Park was a victim of the fire. We, we were here when it went down, and it was, it was a sad, scary sight. We thought that the, we thought the neighborhood might fall, but through some heroic efforts, it did not, and I walk, I walk by there every day, and I see it, and I'm reminded of the of the fire, and it's kind of, it's hard to let it go when you go around town, you're on your own neighborhood, and you see, you see things that are still, that are still down from the fire, and only, it's only been seven months, I get that, I get it, but it's, uh, it's sad, you know, it's sad to go around and to see, see the shells of burnt houses still, still there when I go around the corner over toward, um, you know, the, the outskirts of Rincon Valley, there were a few houses that were burnt down, and it's sad because, the frames are still there. We're having like this massive shortage of skilled craftsmen and construction dudes. So things, things aren't even getting started yet. The recovery is going to be very, very slow. If you guys out there, you have children, consider sending them into the trades. It really feels like there's a lack of, it doesn't even feel like it. It is, it's true. There's a lack of, um, there's a lack of quality tradesmen out there. So think about that. Just consider it. It's, a high-paying field that um, is needed at the moment. We really, we really feel a need here in Santa Rosa. I, I had something brought to my attention by the by the wife. The night of the fire, I woke up because of the winds. The winds were rattling the window, so I, I was just looking outside and I looked up and I saw that the hills behind my house were they were on fire, and that was my, that was my first brush with the news that this was all all going on and. I looked at it and it seemed like it was far enough away. It turned out in reality when I looked it wasn't really wasn't really that far away, but I was I was talking to the wife and I was like, "You remember that night when we were looking up, looking up at the hills?" And she's like, "Yeah, man, Fountain Grove. Fountain Grove is on fire. Fountain Grove is a neighborhood here that was up in the hills. It's a a ritzy upper crust neighborhood and they caught the worst of the fire. The whole the whole housing complex was destroyed. There were a couple houses that made it, but by and large, it's just it's gone. It is gone. And when I was looking up at the hills, I did not realize that I was looking up at Fountain Grove. I don't know what I thought was up there. I will admit that I may have, I may never thought. I just kind of look off in that direction without any, just any real, like, geographic uh, coordinates. I just kind of look off and go, look at that. Look at that hill. What a pretty hill. And I did not realize that that was Fountain Grove up there and that the worst of the fire was... It was really near where we were. I didn't realize that. It was actually like quite worse and quite scarier than I thought. That's not easy. That's something that sometimes keeps me up at night. We're we're entering the the early phases of the fire season again. And we, you know, we do preparedness that we did not do before. We have we have our go bags ready to go. We got the papers. You know, we're just you're overall more aware than you were before, but still it's scary. You never know. But then Every region has their their things, you know, Oklahoma and Arkansas, they got like tornadoes and there are hurricanes and windstorms and just deathly winters. Everything, everything has its downside, but you got to be prepared. You got to be aware. You got to think, you got to keep your mind open and just aware of these different things that could conceivably happen. And while that does not give you like full you know, full warmth in the heart. It's something, but the recovery of Santa Rosa, it's gonna, it's gonna be a while. We're talking 10, 15 years, maybe, with, with the lack of the quality craftsmen I talked about a bit ago. It may, it may be a long time before we see Santa Rosa back to what it, what it once was. The, the Kmart was one of my favorite stores in Santa Rosa to go to. It was like a real, Real throwback, and the store fell victim to the fire. The Kmart was, the Kmart was burned, and I didn't, I didn't really think that this would happen. But in the back of my mind, I held out hope that maybe you never know they'll build another Kmart. I really, really didn't think so, but I did. You know, you never know. Hope springs eternal, and um, I found out recently they're going to be building a, they're going to be building a Lowe's in that spot, a Lowe's Home Improvement with. With the uh, Home Depot just a few blocks away, they're going to be putting up a Lowe's. Um, so there is that news, and that's not, you know, I wish it was going to be another Kmart, but I knew that it would not be. 
I see robots. It's me, Emily. Yeah, Emily, I recognize your voice. Uh, what's up? You have a phone call. It's Amy Silver. I hung up on him once already, but he called back. For real? We haven't heard from him in a while. What, what, what does dude want? He says that it is super important news that the world needs to know. Do you want to talk to him? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I was done with this fire stuff anyway. Yep, yeah. Okay. It's your funeral. I'll patch him through. Hello? I see robots, is it you? Your secretary hung up on me. No, 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 I th- I, we're having some problems with the, with the phone lines, I think. You really should replace her. I have an intern here on the space pirate ship that shows promise. Would you like for me to have him call Pooptronics, human relations? No, 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 that, that's okay. Uh, thanks, thanks, but you know, you don't have to bother. It would be my pleasure. No, it's cool. Uh, Emily said that you, you had some earth-shattering news, uh... You want to break off some of that for us, A.B. Silver? What's going on? Yes. I see robots. Disaster has struck. What do you mean disaster has struck? What do I mean? There has been an explosion on the set of my movie. It is awful. An explosion? What happened? Everything has been destroyed. We were lucky to escape with our lives. Oh my gosh, at least... At least nobody was hurt. What... can Can you tell me what happened? I can tell you what I saw. You okay. We were filming a scene set at Nabisco HQ. In the scene my best friend, J5, was telling his boss a new idea for a snack cake when all of a sudden near the catering tables, there was an explosion. It was gigantic. We were lucky that the whole studio did not catch a blaze. AB, I mean, you know, we've had our differences, but man, I, I'm glad that you're, that you're alright, but is Johnny Five, he's cool, we know that, uh, everyone was alright, that's... That's the important thing, but, um, what's, what's the future of the film? Are you guys gonna, are you, are you gonna rebuild? I know that, I know that the listeners to, uh, good old Icy Robots Radio, they, they're looking forward to the big release of the A.B. Silver story. Sadly, the future of the film is in doubt. The sets were destroyed, as I said, and this was an indie venture between me and J5, so any money for repairs comes out of our pockets. They are deep, but still have their limits. Man, that's terrible, dude. I, I, you know, I'm really, I'm really sad to hear that. Don't worry about us, though, amigo. We took out a very large insurance account on the movie the day before the explosion. The day before the explosion? That, that is, uh, that's fortunate. We are very fortunate. We are actually coming out a great bit ahead when all is said and done. You guys are, uh, you guys are coming out ahead? That's, I don't know, man. I guess that's like you said. That's, that's fortunate, all right. Yes. When you are a good person, good things happen to you. I believe you call it karma. Yeah, that's, that's what some people call it. Karma shines down on us for all of our good work. Your good work? You do know that J5 is very active in the Hollywood charity community. He is? Last year alone he took part in three different fun runs for various charities like Johnny House. What the heck is Johnny House? Johnny House is a charity he set up that uses its donations to help house outdated robots like Teddy Ruxpin or the stupid one with tubes for arms from Lost in Space. They both live there and only have to pay a small monthly rent. I think you meant to say live there. So Teddy Ruxpin and the robot from Lost in Space pay rent to Johnny Five to live in an apartment building called Johnny House. I don't, I don't know if that's like a charity unless maybe like... They pay a really, really low rent. That sounds more like a, uh, commercial real estate venture, but I don't know, man. Whatever, dude. I'm not, I'm not one to, uh, not one to look down the nose at people who try to help out. That's great. Anyway, amigo, I have to go. I just thought you would like to know about the movie. If you would have invested, you would have doubled your money. At least. Oh, well, though. It's not healthy to live in the past. Yeah, you're probably right, and I, I do tend to do that. Oh, J5 wants to come on the show next week. Oh yeah? What What for? He has a new venture he would like to talk to you about. It's very cutting edge. Okay then, I will talk to you soon. Tell Iceberg that I said to say hello. <laughs> In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? 
know you're listening. There's this kid. He needs our help. Let's do this. This will be fun. This guy. Give him a chance. Get tickets Thursday. All righty, tidy whitey. We are back. We are back from Deadpool 2. This is actually in the order of the order that I'm recording things. The the last bit of the show that I'm putting down on the mic. We just got back from seeing Deadpool 2 and um I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was I thought it was good, but let's um that's just just in case you need to know, because you only have like a second before you go see Deadpool yourself. You're like, I gotta know what I see robots thought. I went ahead and I just got it out there. Got out there in the opening. Spoiler alert. I liked it. I thought it was fun. Let's um, let's start at the beginning. We, we went to an 11 a.m. showing. I wanted to go like directly from the flea market. I wanted to go. I wanted to like not head home, just head there straight. And when we got to... When we got to the uh, to the cinema, the line was just like forever outside. But we're VIPs, you know. It's all about who you know. So we got to we got to cut right into the into the movie theater and the the line. I don't know how to put this. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to offend. I don't want to say anything that might be considered mean or offensive to somebody, but the the line for Deadpool 2 looked like a line full of knuckleheads, and I don't mean that they are bad people, because, dude, the world is full of knuckleheads, and the world is full of all kinds of people, and it takes all sorts, and a knuckle t- knucklehead, rather, is just, you know, it's a varietal of a person who who is prone to go see a Deadpool 2 opening movie, and I myself may fall into this chucklehead category, because I was... I was also in the line too, but this line was full of like just weirdos and goofballs. When you go and see like a Marvel movie, the line is generally full of weirdos and goofballs, much like much like when you go to Free Comic Book Day or when you go to a Comic-Con. And I go to these things too, so I am one of those uh, weirdos and chuckleheads, but you also see a lot of families, you see a lot of just a lot of like normal run-of-the-mill people, but this one... Being, like, R-rated was just, like, the straight, the straight chucklehead demographic. And, oddly enough, there were a few families. There were, like, three or four families in line with, like, small, small kids. I was so surprised to see that. Sadly, I wasn't as surprised as you would think because I do go to the movies and a lot of times I'm going to see, like, these super violent, scary rated R movies and people are bringing their kids. I don't know how I feel about that, but I don't really feel very positively. I think there are things for kids and there's things for things for adults. And sure, Deadpool is mostly just like raunchy jokes and raunchy humor and stuff. But there's also like insane over the top violence and gore. And I don't think a movie like this is appropriate for a six or seven year old by any means. If it were, if it were just like raunchy jokes, I think that I would definitely be cutting some slack because a joke is a joke it doesn't really doesn't really hurt anybody maybe like an offensive joke about a you know a a person or a type might uh might be offensive and hurtful but these are just like raunchy silly jokes they don't really they don't really hurt anybody but then you know you see people getting chopped in half heads getting chopped off arms getting blown off and you're like this is pretty gruesome it's it's comically gruesome but there's also there's also something disconcerting about something so comically gruesome when you're sitting Sitting next to a six-year-old, but um, the the movie is very much in the vein of Deadpool one. If you liked Deadpool one, you'll definitely like this. I will go as far as to say I think that it was better than Deadpool one. Deadpool one had this amazing shock value. There hadn't been anything like it in the superhero genre, so it was it was very jarring and very exciting. And this movie is. The same in that regard, but they they amp it up when you get to see Deadpool try to put together his own superhero team, X-Force, and they, they mine a lot of comedy about his relationships with other people and other characters. Yeah, I do. I do think that I, I like this one 
I like this one better than the first one. It had a it had a pretty fair ensemble cast. You got some of the people from the first movie. You know, you got you got the returning Negasonic teenage warhead who is very much slimmed down, and she has like a cool haircut. She's in it. Colossus is back in it. Dupinder, the taxi driver, is in it. But they also they add you know Terry Crews, and they add they have kind of a more amped up role for T.J. Miller. I feel like I see him a little more in this one than I did in in the last one. And then they added um Zazzy Beats. I don't know if it's Zazzy Beats or Zazzy Beats from the TV show Atlanta. She is she is Van who um is Earn's girlfriend, Donald Glover's girlfriend. She is she plays Domino, another Rob Layfield. Is it Layfield or is it Liefield? I still don't even know about that. And I also I don't really care. She's a nice addition as as Domino in this. Domino has the has the powers of luck, like, um, like Longshot. This is, this is like a straight up Rob Layfield, Liefield show. He, he was such a big creative force of that certain era of comics that I wasn't, I wasn't so much involved in. During that, during that whole period of time with the, the Leafield X-Force and Cable, Cable's in it too, played by Josh Brolin. I should have, I should have mentioned that, but you, but you saw it in the commercial. During that whole period of time where the, with the X-Men were getting all extreme and everybody had like pockets on their uniforms, I, I was kind of out of reading new comics. I would still, I would still spend time in the, in the quarter boxes looking for Sergeant Rocks and unknown soldiers and stuff, but I wasn't. I was not so much into that, that whole thing. Everybody was like way too buffed and everybody had a giant gun and they were shooting each other. And the, the X-Men have always been confusing to me. I I think they're all right. I like the movies, but the comics were always, they were just too confusing for me at that period of time. I wasn't, I wasn't so much into it, but this movie is a testament to that era in a lot of ways. You got Deadpool, who's a Leafield creation, and you got Domino, who's a Leafield creation, the X-Force. That was whole his his whole thing, and then he got cable. This is like this is like his his universe come to life. I mean, check it out. Shatterstar makes a cameo in the movie. Shatterstar, that guy with the swords and the hair and all that, he is in the movie. This is like the Rob Leefield universe. I know that um I know the dude kind of gets bagged on and he kinda kind of gets teased a bit, and a lot of it is deserved to a degree, but um he he gave the world Deadpool, and Deadpool is like, he's like one of the biggest heroes out there right now. I'm not even, I'm not even exaggerating if you, if you look at the fandom. When we go to, when we go to cons, there are so many dudes dressed up as Deadpools. I'm not even, I'm not even exaggerating. Every con has two or three different Deadpools. There's different, different varieties of Deadpools, like Sherlock Holmes detective Deadpools, and Deadpools dressed like like Superman's, just like any variety you can think of Deadpool, there is a Deadpool doing that. And that goes, that goes to show what, um, you know, what Leafield did give to the, give to the world. There is a, um, there's like a Santa Rosa Deadpool. There's a dude who hangs out downtown in our downtown area, and he, he is always dressed like Deadpool. Well, I don't even know if it's always. Maybe, maybe sometimes he's down there dressed like himself, but... For the most part, you see, dude, like, every day you're downtown just going around being Deadpool, just acting like Deadpool. He's the Santa Rosa Deadpool. There's a Santa Rosa Spider-Man, too, and they they sometimes go together. But it goes to, it goes to show, because this guy wants to be Deadpool all the time. He's like, I want to be Deadpool 24-7 in real life. That, that goes to show you what... What Lee Field has given to the world. Let's um let's stop talking about all this and get into get into the movie and what it's what it's all about. Even though even though we all know it's Deadpool movie full of um offbeat shenanigans, off colored jokes, and comedic gruesomeness. The the main idea of jokes in a um in a Deadpool movie seem to be that Deadpool is like he's like self aware. He's aware that he's in a superhero movie and he. He has seen, like, the other movies in the other franchises. He's seen the DC movies, the other Marvel movies, the the X-Men movies. And he and he makes jokes based around these things. He also makes jokes based around, like, Ryan Reynolds, who plays Deadpool. He makes jokes off 
Ryan Reynolds' other movie roles. I think that it's like that in the comics, too. I think that Deadpool in the comics can see into into the other universes. He can see the readers. He makes jokes like that. He really breaks the fourth wall. That's his, that's his whole thing. So this movie, it, it, um, it starts off in a ways where Deadpool 1 ended. You know, he's... He's in love. He's a mercenary. It starts off with um, a bunch of really good action sequences of Deadpool all around the place, like doing different superhero things. And at this point, like the the raunchy humor is in full effect. It's before the it's before the story has started to take hold. I'm thinking I'm sitting here and there are like, you know, jokes that are a little funny. They're a little funny. And people are people are hooting and hollering at these at these jokes. And I'm like, I might be in the wrong movie for me. I see movies like Lady Bird. I see movies like Lean on Pete for 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 gosh sakes. This might be this might be too out there for me. But then when they get past this is a very long intro sequence. It's a, maybe maybe like a 10-15 minute intro sequence. And once they get past that and they get to the point of the movie where Deadpool through circumstances is putting together a he's putting together a team. He's putting together X-Force. Once he starts once he starts getting there, the movie becomes pretty entertaining. He he feels as if he should be out there doing more for the world, right? He he has, I don't want to call it like a crisis of conscience. That's not even any way accurate, but he goes through some circumstances that lead him to believe maybe he should try to be try to be more heroic. So he becomes like a X-Men trainee and during the course of this, you know, he gets into some some shenanigans that bring him back into the life of like Colossus and Negasonic Teenage Warhead. It's fun to it's fun to see that. And they introduce a new mutant character played by played by the kid who played Ricky Baker in not last year's, but the years before that. One of my one of my favorite movies of that year. The year before, Beware the Wilder People, the one that Taika Waititi made before he made Thor Ragnarok. This was a Waititi's, Waititi's big breakout film before he hit the mainstream. Beware the Wilder people. He was, he was the kid Ricky Baker. You have not seen Beware the Wilder People. It is on it is on Amazon Prime right now as we speak. It is an absolutely terrific, hilarious, heartfelt comedy. It is look, I'm gonna say it, it's a lot better than Deadpool 2. If you haven't seen Beware the Wilder People, go see that and you will see that the the kid who plays Ricky Baker in this movie is essentially being Ricky Baker again, and it is it's terrific because that Ricky Baker character is super duper funny, man. Scuck's life. I I recommend that the highest. Sorry to um, sorry to get off on that, but uh, anytime Wilder People comes up, I gotta I gotta represent. It was so terrific. The the kid needs protection from Deadpool, and Deadpool Deadpool kind of goes through this thing of trying to be a better person. Blah 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 blah. The the movie is essentially a story about about friendship and love it's a love story about finding finding friendship out in the world that's that's to me if you boiled the movie down if you boiled it down to the essence of what is deadpool all about i would say it's about friendship it's about finding friendship finding love and the the first deadpool is just a love story too it's um a twisted ultraviolet raunchy comic uh, jokes type love story, but that is, that is what it is. There is, mm, two, two scenes after the credits. You, you do want to stay. The second one especially is integral to the story. It's not, it's not the one that's like at the end of the credits. They're only, only a couple minutes into the credits and the credits have some, they have some funny drawings and stuff. So, it's not like the biggest waste of time. You do want to stick around for that. Um, what else? Let's see what they say about this over over on Tomatoes. I'm glad I'm glad I'm down on the Earth base. Did I mention that I'm recording this from the Earth base? The other parts, 
I did up on the station, but I had to wait till the last minute to record this till I actually saw, saw the movie. So this is this is me down here on Earth for the weekend. Right now on Tomatoes, the movie is 83% with the critics and 86% with the peeps. Everyone, everyone seems to think that it is fun. It's rated R for strong violence, language, sexual references, and drug material. It is 119 minutes. It was... It was a bit long, but not in a bad way. I don't think that at any point the movie the movie seemed to drag. I enjoyed it all the way throughout. Um, what else is there for you to know about this? If, if you think you want to see it, go see it, because it's definitely fun. Don't bring your kids. Get ready for, get ready for some, get ready for some raunch. So, let's, uh, on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter with one being a dud... Five being an all-time classic, I am going to give Deadpool 2 with with Ryan Reynolds and Zazzy Beats. Zazzy Beats has the best hair in all of Hollywood, I gotta say, before before we get too we get too far away from that. Her hair is fantastic. She has it, she has it so blown out in the movie. It's awesome, it's amazing. I love I love a lady with um with a powerful head of hair, and she's definitely Definitely that, so let's get back to it. So on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter with one, one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I am going to go ahead and give Deadpool 2 3.5 mics. 3.5 mics. of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Shall we play a game? Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. Game over, man. It's game over. Geekfest Rants is an entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. So say we all. So say we all. Join us by listening in at iTunes, YouTube, and at geekfestrants.com. made it this far it's time the final segment your weekly toy shop update the toys r us report all right we are back for we are back for what is the final segment of the show this is the one where i talk about like maybe maybe some things i bought some toys i bought or some comics some comics i got or maybe you know some scuttlebutt around town that I've I've picked up on or maybe some maybe some toys from Star Wars figures I always seem like I'm buying Star Wars dudes I I cannot resist I was actually I was thinking about this the other day I I wanted to go out to um well I wanted to go to Toys R Us it's like my instinct is to say eh, I want to go to Toys R Us and look around but we all know we all know what's going on over there so I I thought maybe maybe I'll go over to Target in in Cottingtown and look around for some uh some figures, and then I thought, well, I got Lando last week, and they don't have a single-packed Han Solo, so I don't know if there are any figures that I am looking for at this moment, which is, that's something weird that doesn't happen, doesn't happen all that often. I'm, um, completely caught up as far as new figures that I want. I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. I still, I still want to get a Han Solo from the, the movie, but... They don't got him single packed, and I'm not so much into. I do like the, I do like the speeder that he he's driving around on in the in the commercial. But I um I I don't want to get a Millennium Falcon. It's ninety nine bucks. I, I talk about this every week. I apologize. It's uh, it's on my mind when I sit down here at the recording booth on the on the moon base. I. I look around and I have a display of Star Wars dude right at eye level when I'm when I'm looking down into into the mic. So I went to I went to the movies the other day. I go to the movies like a lot. It's the it's probably like the number one activity for the wife and I when we got when we got some extra time, we go and we take in we go and take in a movie. So we were over at the downtown movie theater. We went to see we went to see that Melissa McCarthy movie where she goes back to, um, where she goes back, back to college. I used to review, like, just about every movie that I saw, but now I, I kind of try to stick to the, 
to the genre movies or if I only see one movie that week, then I, I'll do that one movie. But I try to I try to stick to the movies that I think you guys are curious about. But we did we did go see this Melissa McCarthy movie and it was it was all right. There were there were some funny parts. One of my Star Wars dudes just fell over. I don't know if you heard that. I don't know if you heard that crash. But one dude fell, then another dude fell, and I I was looking at him while while they went down. But anywho, we were we were over at the theater and we went we went early this day. It was like 12. 12 or so. And the the manager of the theater, this dude named um this dude named Mike, that uh that the wife knows. I know him too. Uh we both used to work for the for the uh, United Artists, too, who also, also used to employ, he used to employ. Roman Reigns' number one fan, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega. But the the wife knows him better, better than I do, but I know him, too. So anyhow, we, we saw him and we went over to uh, to say what's up. And he was all like, hey, I don't know if you guys know, but next week we are shutting down the entire ground floor. They are going to be adding the, uh, the reclining seats to the, to the theater. They're going to go for that deluxe model where you reserve your seats and they have these, these really nice electronic recliners. These plush, plush seats, they're nice. They are, they're very attractive, but for... For the time being, this is going to be the uh, Roxy Theater 7, not the uh, Theater 14, because half the place is going to be shut down. And I was like, that's wild, because because Solo starts next week, and I imagine that you guys are going to be dedicating, like, almost the entire theater to Solo. There's not going to be anything else. And he's like, yeah, well, you know what? Since since Disney's started acquiring all the all the different production companies, there's... There's less movies anyway. It's like, look, number one movie is going to be Avengers. And then Solo is going to come out. And that's going to be that's going to be the entirety of the theater, more or less. So it's almost like Disney has a complete monopoly on uh, on the theater business. And, you know, I, I, I realize that, like, this is a weird special situation where, like, half the theater is shut. But then he started rattling off all these other other companies that were part of Disney or will soon be part of Disney in the in the case of Fox. So he's like, look, this whole summer, we're going to be first remodeling this floor, then remodeling the up floor. So you got like Deadpool, then you got this and got this and got this. He's like, this is essentially going to be the Disney summer at our at our theaters. You know, you got Incredibles, you got you got you name it. It's going to be going from Disney to Disney to Disney to Disney with Disney holding down like 90 percent, 90 percent of the screens. It's it's a monopoly, my dudes. At the at the theater, the downtown theater we go to, there's an upstairs and there's a downstairs. The concession stand downstairs is always open. The concession stand, rather, that they have upstairs is never open. So I said, hey, while well, you guys are remodeling, are you going to open the open the upstairs concession stand? I've seriously only seen it open like one or two times in the entire history of the theater. This This building hasn't been there for... Hasn't been there for too long, so homie goes, do you know why that concession stand is never open? And I'm like, no, dude, hit me to it. Let me, let me know. I've always been curious. So he says, do you see the door when you come in? It says that all concessions are open to the public. You, you see this at most, most movie theaters you go to. And I'm like, yep, I, I've seen that. And he goes, well, by doing that, we become a restaurant. And that means that the concession stand is taxed less than if it were an actual concession stand that was that was closed to the general public. He says, if you have a place, an eatery, that is not opened to everybody, you are, in fact, going to be taxed a lot higher than if you have a place that is available to all. And if we had that concession stand upstairs, people would have to come in go around the theater, go up two escalators, and get there. So we couldn't open that to the public, but that meant that we we were going to be taxed higher. And not only that, they wanted to back tax us for that for that brief period of time that we were we were opened at the beginning. So there is some kind of litigation going on between between them and between the city. I don't know. I don't know any any of the details about this, but 
it's all super interesting stuff to me. I did not know that that was the reason why the concession stand is open. I always imagined that there just wasn't enough business to support the two, but when I was upstairs and I wanted to refill him a corn or refill him a drink, I always thought it was inconvenient that I had to, like, loop down all the way down there, and knowing that I would have to do that, I just generally tended to tended to stay in my seat and not worry about it. He also told me that when the remodel is all said and done, the upstairs concession stand is is going to be converted into a bar, I guess. I don't know if you meant like a coffee bar or like a bar bar. I, I think it's both. I think that you can get like, I think you can get like craft beers and also like you can get like empanadas. I don't know. You could get like some sort of like fancy schmancy cooked food up there. I... I don't know. They have the same gimmick over at the other, the other movie theater in near Windsor. I I've never ordered anything there. I just you know I stick to my corn. I usually try not to get anything to drink. I don't wanna don't wanna have to leave the movie. I I do make the mistake from time to time, but uh, it's gonna be cool. I guess the the recliner seats are way more comfortable. I myself. I prefer the old school seats. I've talked about this before, but I'll say it again. I, I like to sit in a little bit more of an uncomfortable seat than a cushy seat. If the if the movie drags long, I, I tend to lose focus and get drowsy, as was the case in the the last Blade Runner flick that came out. I started to um I started to fall asleep. I had to get up and get some nachos. But I know that if I was forced upright in like an uncomfortable old school movie theater seat that I tend to pay attention more. I um I like to stick my legs out, so I'm always I'm always moving my legs back and forth trying to find like the perfect position. I make sure not to kick anybody's seat if there's somebody in front of me. I'm not I'm not that type, but um I'm always fidgeting around and I think that the fidget helps to helps to keep me alert. This all this all got me thinking though that this is probably going to be the beginning, if not maybe even the middle, of the end of the old style of movie theater seats. I think that, I think that probably over time, you're going to see all theaters switch over to the reserve seat recliner model, which is, which is fine. But if you are a fan of, if you're a fan of the old style, the way that, you know, you got to get there early and the way that the seats are kind of uncomfortable. If you're, if you're a fan of that, if you like the old way, this would be the time where you want to, you want to start paying attention and, you know, soaking in the memories because it's probably not going to be too long before it's all gone. I just, um, I wanted to give you guys a bit of an early alert on that. Oh yeah, we got, um, we got a new patron this week. He, uh, represents a page, a Facebook page. It's weird because I've actually been a fan of this page for a while now. It is called, uh, Classic Wrestling Matches and Mags. I wanted to, I want to get that perfect. So in case you go and you search for it, you'll find it. It is Classic Wrestling Matches and Mags. Mags. Mags being magazines. This is, this is a page that focuses on the good old days of your, of of after mags like Pro Wrestling Illustrated and The Wrestler and things like that. This is this is the kind of place where you're going to see a video of a of an old NWA National Wrestling Alliance match with with Ric Flair or Harley Race. This is where this is where you're going to see some pictures of the of the fabulous Freebirds. I I would like it if you guys would all if you're listening to this just hop on over and give them a like. It's it's uh the old style of wrestling. I think is more appealing to people, to people of our ilk. So as somebody of our ilk, even if you're not the biggest wrestling fan, just hop on over and uh, give them a like, you know. Say I see robots, Santia, the the page was nice enough to become patrons of ours, and you want to make sure to send them some love. It's, it's the least you can do to me for uh, making your week a little less weak. And plus, it's, uh, you know, it's fun. It's dope. It is classic wrestling matches and mags over over on Facebook you can you can find the link in the the show notes for this episode um what else what else is popping off if you if you feel like becoming a show patron if you like what we do and i hope that you do 
you can um you can do like our man classic wrestling matches and mags and hop on over to supportthereport.com for as a little as a dollar a month you can you can help us out what did what did i do i get you know i get roughly like 20 25 bucks a month from patreon and that um that more than covers the the hosting fees and stuff i got a yearly deal i i saved up a bunch of patron months and then i I got a yearly deal, so the rest, the rest is all gravy, and what I did with it this month was I got a, I got a subscription to Mad Magazine. Mad Magazine recently did a, did a relaunch, and I was over at the Safeway flipping through some magazines while the wife, while the wife picked out the bread, and I, I saw the Mad, so I started, I started going through it, and I'm like, this is, this is pretty funny. This is more timely than I recall Mad being. At one point, of course, it was incredibly timely, but but the the more recent mad was i don't know it it got dated quick it was it felt dated as soon as it comes out but this stuff this this all felt pretty good so i picked up a yearly subscription to the to the print copy of mad this month with the with the patron money so i want to thank all you guys who contribute you know gabe joe uh mighty matt d i i don't want to leave anybody out there's dpc there's gino vega gino vega pays a dollar a month for the honor of being on the IC Robots Radio Network. So does my man Captain Laserbeam. I mean, you know, he's not he's not paying to be in the network like Gino Vega, but he he contributes a bit to help the help keep the life support on. If you would if you'd like to contribute to this, I would I would definitely appreciate it. Um I need to get a I need to get an MP3 recorder, a digital recorder for when I'm out at shows, I want to be able to get better recordings of the of the panels I go to, and we are we're entering we're entering into convention season, so I'd like to get one of those. If you if you feel like you would like to help out, that is at supportthereport.com, and you know, I appreciate it from the bottom of my his art. All right, uh, sorry for that long commercial, but you know sometimes it's. It's important to mention that we are a listener-supported endeavor. I I picked up a couple comics this week. I got this one. I got this one on eBay. I think I I think I got a good price. It is Firestorm the Nuclear Man number one from March of 1978. This is this is the explosive. It says right on the cover the explosive first issue. The the origin of the dynamic debut. Firestorm, the Nuclear Man. It's his, it's his first appearance. I am a nut for first appearances. That's my, that's my thing. I'm in a way running out of characters that I'm interested in to get, to get the first appearance of. I, I still want Booster Gold. I know that, but the comics sold so big. Booster Gold number one. I remember everybody I know who's into comics had that. I just said this the other episode because I was. I was on the hunt. I I got Booster Gold on the mind, but I got this comic. I got um I got a pretty good price. They they wanted twenty bucks or best offer, and I I shot an offer and I got it. I got it, and then they got it out to me in like two or three days. It's in pretty good shape. I haven't I haven't opened it up to flip through it yet, but it's pretty cool. You can see like Firestorm is leaping right at you, and on the bottom you see the Professor and Ronnie Raymond on each side and sort of like ghostly fire images so you know well you can infer that these two people are either under attack by firestorm or that maybe which is the case they form firestorm together firestorm was on legends of tomorrow recently he he was one of the original legends he has since he since left the show i don't i don't know i don't see like a giant upside on this i would I would maybe be a little surprised to see a Firestorm movie since he has, he's already been slated as a TV character. So you never know. You never know what the future will hold. They, they took Deadshot from Arrow and they, they put him in the Suicide Squad. So anything, anything is possible. That's what really like spikes the interest in a comic is a, is a movie appearance. But we're, we're getting to the point where every Every character is going to appear in a TV show or a movie. They they've used a lot of the good ones. They're starting to get into the into the mid card guys like Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel over at Marvel is 
is basically a mid-carter. The Black Panther was basically a mid-carter. Ant-Man and the Wasp, mid-carters. Maybe not the Wasp. She was, she was the leader of the Avengers. If you, if you consider, like, her credentials, she's definitely an A-lister, but if you consider her, her success as far as selling, selling comics, then she's a B or even, even a C-lister. The, the other one that I got, with all that said about the Wasp, I am super looking forward to Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think that I'm casting Kate from Lost as as the Wasp, Evangeline Lilly, is, is great. She seems to me like she's just made for a superhero role. She was so, like, rough and rugged and cool on, Raw, on Lost, rather, that she's just, like, she's made for this. And I cannot wait to see that movie. I think it's going to be great. I'm a big big fan of Kate. This, um, the second comic I bought is one more that I'm, I'm sort of speculating on the future of. It is Superman number 189 from 2003. I got this one for $6.99. It is, it is the first appearance of Tracy 13. Tracy 13 is the daughter of DC magic related hero, Dr. 13. Dr. 13. Let's Let's look up Dr. 13 really quick. Let me, um, I gotta, gotta log on here. Hold on. Here we, here we go. Dr. Terrence 13, known simply as Dr. 13, is a fictional character in comic books. His, his deal is that he is, he's a skeptic. You, you bring him in when you want to investigate things and he'll, He'll get down to the nitty-gritty of it. Of course, he's seen that magic is real. You know, you got Zatanna, you got Dr. Fate, you got all these guys in the comic world, and he knows that, but he's there. He's there to um to break ghosts. He worked for a while as the as the ghost breaker, and Tracy 13 is is his daughter. She hasn't she hasn't really made any kind of notable notable appearances, but I think that the name is so great that at some point, somebody's gonna, you know, they're gonna be working for DC, they're gonna have some kind of a magic-related idea that they don't, um, they don't know what to do with, and maybe they don't want to work with one of the more established characters, you know, your John Constantines, or, or your, uh, Etrigan the Demon, so they probably have, like, a list of character names that are, are up for grabs, this is just how I see it, I imagine they have, like, these big master books of characters that are up for grabs, nobody's working on, and someone's going to be flipping through one of these, and they're going to go, Tracy 13, this is something. There was, there was even talk about her showing up at a CW show a while back, so I, I liked the price, it was $7.99, I, I see an upside in this. I may actually pick up another one, if I see one at that price. I don't know, when, when you collect comics, you know, you got to think like, you're trying to get old comics, that has some value and will retain their value. So in that line of thinking, you might want to get some more recent comics that will eventually have value. So that like your collection is always growing. You want to, you want to try to get like the most bang for your buck, you know? And I think that, I think this one here might have some decent bang for its, for its buck. But if you, if you go buy one and it doesn't turn out to be worth anything, don't blame me. I'm buying them too. I'll also, I'll also be at a loss. It is uh, Superman number 189 in 2003, the first appearance of Tracy 13. That's that's your comic speculation lesson for the month. Here's a here's another um, speculation theory that I had. Speculating in comics is when you buy comics because you think they're gonna have they're gonna have future value. I am I'm pretty sure that I've expressed this before, but I think that it. It bears repeating. It's an interesting, it's an interesting idea. I think that you should buy the first issue of every comic that Image publishes. Image is, they may be close to being the number one comic seller at this, at this point. They put out The Walking Dead. They put out Saga. They used to put out Chew. They have, they have a bunch of successful books, right? And if you... If you would have, at the beginning of the company, just started buying the first issue of everything that they published, you would be massively far ahead because you would have picked up the first appearance, the first Walking Dead, which is like a thousands of dollar comic. And that's like selling for like two, three thousand dollars 
you'd have that. You would have the first Saga. That's like a $200 book. The first issue of Chu is a pricey book. I I now practice this. It's not like a, you got to invest a lot into this. It's a few times a year they come out with something new. And I, I pick it up. And in reality, I win on this because 9 out of 10 things that Image publishes are good. So I get, I get some ideas for books I may want to read in the in the future, I'm reading this new one that Kirkman is writing. What is it? What is it called? Good thing I am still, good thing I am still on. I am away from the computer right now. It's um called Oblivion Song. I got recommended that from somebody over at Comics, Comics for the Win, and I've been reading that, I've been enjoying that, so... The uh, the theory of the first issue of all the images is it's something I practice. Maybe you want to practice if you do and you turn out way far ahead like like I think you will. But if you don't, you know, don't ever buy anything that you definitely don't want to read. Because if you buy it, you read it, then you got your money's worth. So you're never you're never at a loss if you if you look at it that way. And maybe eventually someday you'll you'll turn it ahead. I don't know. Maybe. Hopefully. This week's uh this week's lesson is to Try to stay optimistic this upcoming week. I realize that sometimes with with everything going on in the world, it's hard to it's hard to stay optimistic. But it's it's important to do so. It's courageous to do so. It's the right thing. It's the right thing to do. And you know whether whether you look at it in the sense that something good's gonna happen, or you look at things in the sense that the bad's gonna happen. Unless you are actively involved and have the ability to change the outcome of something, all you're really doing is spending your time worrying as opposed to like spending your time being happy or whatever and expecting the good outcome. And one, you know, one leads to headache, one leads to, uh, one leads to like smiles and laughs. So you can, you could do that for us, I think. Just try to be optimistic this week. ELE, everybody love each other. Uh, everybody love everybody rather. Um, that's about it. You know, just uh, be good. I'll see you guys next week. Next week, we are going to be back, and we are going to talk about Solo. I think that I have high hopes for this. I am massively optimistic about about Solo. I think it's I think it's going to be great. It's already been it's already been seen by the early reviewers, and from what I understand, they they're thinking it's all right. Maybe not the best, definitely not the worst. So you know, I can deal with that. I can definitely deal with that. This is one. This is one you have to see opening weekend because all the spoilers are going to get out. I wonder I wonder what kind of spoilers there could possibly be about Han Solo's life now that I think about it. I mean, we already know what's going to happen in the end. We know what's going to happen in the middle. This is just this is just the beginning and most of it was probably stuff he's already talked about anyway. So, I don't know, take your time seeing it if you want, but we'll be back next week. We're going to have a have a spoiler-free review of that. That'll be, that'll be great. It's we're getting ready, man. We're getting ready for the start of summer movie season. Summer movie season starts earlier each year. This year, for the for the super prestigious summer movie awards here on IC Robots Radio, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be switching things up a bit. Usually, I wait until the calendar, the calendar start of summer. I am instead going to be. Going to be starting it earlier. The week that the schools get out here in Santa Rosa is the week I am going to officially declare summer for the Summer Movie Awards. So I think that is, I think that is a week after this episode comes out. So we're going to have more choices. We're going to have more nominees, more cool nominees. I feel bad when movies get when movies get left out that are definitely in the vein of summer. So. So you've been told that's an official official change. I'm I'm gonna get up out of here. So for me, for engineer Emily, icebergs around here somewhere. AB Silver, thanks for thanks for uh, giving us that update. This is the Toys R Us report episode episode number one fifty four. Deadpool two. Until next time. If you don't know, now you know. E-L-E. That's right. E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. 
right there up on the wall. This has been IC Robots Radio production. IC Robots Radio is a listener-supported in day -hour. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week. KBHK TV 44, San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, Bay Area Cable 12.